0: We are so blessed that you're able to join us on our media platform. In this video, Pastor Tim will continue with our series, We Are Well Able, with a sermon entitled, Don't Panic, God Is Always On Time. Now let's go listen to Pastor Tim. We'll tap into it because we're not educated enough, I don't believe, in the Word of God and what God wants from us. And I believe God is changing the message from the pulpit. And he's wanting us to express to people, you have a power inside of you that I'm praying that you can tap into. And that God's power can begin to be seen again like it used to be seen in the churches that we go to in the churches that surround us. You know, today we're in a lot of panic. It's a panic world. Uh, As we look across the entire world, we see panic and we see worry and we see doubt and we see all of these things. And, you know, again, this morning I got up and I was. Reading my scripture and going over some of my notes and praying and asking God, and sometimes i 'll get on my computer and i 'll read my i 'll read my daily devotions and read the things that come to me uh, uh, and I was reading this morning and as i uh, as I stood there and read it, and all of a sudden on my home page, I looked down and again, as always there's this huge giant I have this little bitty section up here that has scripture in it, but then I have this huge section in the middle that talks nothing about about concerns over growing uh, coronavirus now. And I thought to myself, no wonder we can't get out of the panic. No wonder we can't get away from the worry and the stress of what's going on today. We're being inundated in every way States are worried now because we're reopening too soon and and how many know God's still on the throne God's still in control and no matter what happens God's got this thing and he's got us covered and we just need to get back to that place and I believe we need to understand that kind of faith is inside of every one of us it may feel like a grain of mustard seed to you right now but it's there And I believe that God is wanting it to come out. And I believe he's wanting it to grow to where you can really step into the things that God has for you. I have a message titled, Don't Panic. God is Always on Time. Don't panic because God is always on time. How many know he's never late? And guess what? He's never early. God is always right on time. Now, we're the ones that decide whether he's late or whether he's early. Amen? But God is always right on time. It's always in his time. And we should never panic. We should always praise instead of that. We're living in a time where everything is scheduled. I don't know about you, but I, I stopped for a moment. Even through the pandemic and even through the things that we're going through, we still have been trained to schedule everything. We've been trained to put time frames and and schedule everything in our lives. We've just been trained to do that. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with scheduling and, and doing things in your life and getting things in order in your life, but what I'm worried about is we're scheduling God right out of our lives. In the world we're living in today, we're scheduling so much of our own and our own needs and our own ways that we're actually scheduling God out of our lives and it's a scary thing today and we need to truly understand we need to be careful not to schedule god out of our lives he should be in our lives in every way every day of our lives we've gotten to the point where we're trying to make god fit into our schedules we are to the point now to where we set up our schedules we set up our days and we set up our times We put our time frames together and then we stop and we say, okay, now where can I put God in here? Guess what, doc? Today I'm scheduled too tight. I can't fit God in here today. I just got too much going on. God, I'm sorry. You'll have to hold off and just sit on the throne and kind of just stay there and I'll get to you when when I can. Now see, we don't realize, but that's what God hears from us when we do that. He hears us saying, I'm not in your schedule today, so I'm just off to the side until you need me. Amen. I know that's difficult and it's hard, but we need to be reminded that we can do that in our daily lives. We can schedule God right outside and and not schedule him and, and put him in a place to where he's not in our day and he's not part of our day. We're finding out through this pandemic that God wants us to reorganize our lives and he's wanting us truly to put him in our lives more than we ever have before. I truly believe the pandemic has shown a lot of people that you can make it without having such a tight schedule. Amen? We can get through a day and keep God in our day. We can go through and do the things that we need to do in a day and still have God in our lives, praying and seeking Him, reading His Word and growing every day of our lives. Amen? We know we can do that, and the pandemic has helped us see some of that. You know, it's amazing to me, and, and I'm going to say this. I hope I don't offend anybody. I don't want to. It's just the truth. But over the past couple of months, uh, I, I have had a lot of people... Uh, with kids and with grandkids and they've come to me and they said, pastor, I really want to get back to church, but I'm afraid to bring my kids into the environment. I'm afraid right now to get in there and be around people, too many people. And I'm afraid of that. So they're not, they didn't, they're not coming to church and they're not uh, supporting the church uh, through this time. And then all of a sudden now the governor has released for the softball programs and the baseball programs and all these other programs now are beginning to be released. And now what I'm hearing is, oh, well, I got, I can't come to church this weekend. We have a softball tournament going on. Our daughter's in a softball. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, now you didn't want to come to church where we're socially uh, distancing ourselves and God is in the environment and people are, are here to serve the Lord. But yet, willing to take your child out into a, a softball, big giant softball tournament where four or 500 people are out there and your child, I don't get it folks. And what it is, this is a priori- it's a priority problem. Amen. It's a scheduling problem. And also it's a heart problem because guess what? We do what we want to do. Amen. We do what we really want to do. I've had people st- I've had people call me and say, Pastor, I can't make it to church. Wednesday night, I can't make it to church. I'm sick. I don't feel good. Pray for me. I pray for him and everything. And then on Sunday, I hear him talking to somebody and said, yeah, last minute, a buddy called me and had Pacer tickets for Wednesday night. And and I ended up, I didn't feel good, but I went to the Pacer game. And I'm thinking to myself, we do what we want to do. Amen. It's all in here and it's all up here. And I thank God today that we need to begin to really, truly look at our life structure. Look at where we are. We need to begin to really get God into our life. How many want to have the faith to move mountains? How many want to speak to your situation and watch God move on it? Amen? That's the kind of faith I'm talking about today. You have that. I have that inside of us. It's there. It's a power beyond any power that we can think of. But it takes that faith in God to do that. That special faith that says, God, I know you can do this even in the time of the storm. Amen? Now, David Platt wrote a book called Radical, and I. I I encourage anybody to read it. Uh, We did a study that took a long time, and we went through Radical, and we went through it. Now, I will warn you, if you've never read Radical, be careful, because it will challenge you, and it will challenge you in every way, uh, because he talks a lot of the things that we've been talking about, and and actually some of the things that we're going to be dealing with in, in some of our discussions as coming up. God's really been laying it on my heart how we have changed God. We have truly changed God, and we have changed Jesus. And David Platt wrote this in his book, and I, and I, and I copied it because I want to read it how he wrote it. He said, we are starting to redefine Christianity. We are giving in to the dangerous temptation to take Jesus of the Bible and twist him into a version of Jesus that we're more comfortable with. The church world today has preached it, taught it, and made it, and massaged it, and changed it slowly so that people can accept it more, and it's not so offensive, and Jesus isn't, isn't too challenging, and he's, he's, we need him to be what we need him to be so we can serve him and, and, and be okay with living our lives the way we want to live it. That's the world that we've finally started to do. I wrote down here we have got to stop molding Jesus and God's plan into our image and into our plan. Jesus is beginning to look too much like us. Jesus is beginning to look too much like you and I. We are humanizing him too much. We are bringing him down because it's comfortable for me to say, well, Jesus loves me. We've done it too much, and now we don't have an example to look up to. We don't have the Jesus that we need that's out of the scriptures that we look up to, who's perfect, yet God and man at the same time that we can look up to as an example and try to achieve what Jesus wants us to be. But yet we bring him down to our level, mold him and shape him to where we're comfortable. We can throw his ar- our arms around him and walk with him and say, you know what, I'm, I'm really not doing very good, and I'm not really changing a lot in life, but I know you're Jesus, and I'm comfortable being with you. And all the while, the Word of God says, Jesus is saying to us, you need to fix that. You need to change that. You need to do what I say to do so that you can get help and get this thing fixed. Amen? So now we're moving into a place to where we got to really start to see Jesus for who he is. I'm telling you, you're not going to have faith in something you don't know. Let me say that again. You are not going to have faith in something you do not know. I say this all the time. I know, I know a lot of you closely. Doc's probably the one I've known the longest in my life that's, that's in here today. I know him. I have faith in him in areas of my life that I know I can trust him because I know him. Now, if someone comes along and they just introduce this person to me, and I don't know much about them, but yet they're wanting me to trust this person to do something for me, guess what? I'm not going to have faith in that too much. What it's going to take is me getting to know them to get to know them to the point to where I can stand back and say, I know that person and I know they'll do what they say they're going to do. How many know that's what God's saying to us today? He wants us to get to know him so we can trust him fully in our lives. Amen. Give God a hand, clap of praise. He wants that relationship with us so close that we can trust him in everything. You know, God can do wonders in our lives if we'll get to the place of faith where we trust him in all things. God is waiting, and and we're going to get into this here in a minute, but God is waiting sometimes for us just to have the right kind of faith. Sometimes God is sitting back and saying, man, if you get to this point... I can do what I need to do in your life. Amen. God does great things. And, and I put this in here. Uh, if we'll continue to praise rather than, than panic. How many know, look at your neighbor and say this. We need to praise over panic. We need to worship over worry. We just need to do that because guess what? That shows our faith in God. When I'm worshiping while I'm worrying, now somebody said, well, Pastor, if you're worrying, uh, I got news for you. If you're human, you're going to worry. Now, let me, let, me, let me say it right, okay? Some people worry, but they don't stay there long. Amen? They worship, and the worry goes away. That's because their faith is in a place to where they can worship in the worry, okay? Sometimes when you're in a panic, it's good to praise God because praise will override the panic, amen? So remember that as you're serving God and you're walking through the storms of life, God is looking for you to overlook those things and trust him enough to praise over the panic and to worship over the worry. Amen? That's what God's looking for in our lives. Go with me. We're going to read a scripture here. Um, But before we read it, John chapter 11, we're going to start at verse 17. I'm going to read a little bit. Uh, in this passage, but I want to share this with you because i I think it goes along with with what we 're about to talk about today because God is really wanting his people to trust him more than ever. God is wanting his saints, his people, his remnant he 's wanting us to trust him, have more faith in him than we 've ever had before, even in the worst of times. He wants us to trust him more than we ever have. Because he's getting ready to do some great and mighty things. And he needs us to trust him. Amen. Now I'm going to give you a revelation that God gave me. I've heard this so many times. I've said it so many times out of my mouth that God corrected me last week. Uh, And I won't even tell you how he corrected me because he deals with me in a way that is just strange sometimes. But he spoke to me, and I I was saying in my prayer, I was saying, God, I'm waiting on you, I'm waiting on you, I'm waiting on you. And God spoke to me and hit me in the head with a two-by-four, spiritual two-by-four, and he said, Will you stop saying that you're waiting on me? I'm waiting on you. Oh, yes. yes. And, man, I stopped praying, and I took the two-by-four to the head spiritually And I said, Lord, I think I know what you're saying. And God spoke to me and said, I have done everything I can do for you. I have gave you my son who died for you to give you eternal life, to save your soul, to give you hope in every situation in your life. When my son left this earth, I sent you and gave you as a gift the power of the Holy Spirit to dwell in you and live in you that has every power and every authority over every single thing that you face in your life. I have given you all of that, and you're waiting for what from me? And man, it struck me, and I realized Man, God, instead of us saying that we're waiting on you, we need to begin to say, God, I know you're waiting on me, and what you're waiting on is the faith that I need in you to get through this situation. And God is wanting to work with us. Man, what a revelation that sometimes we've been waiting on him and waiting and waiting and waiting, and God's sitting on the throne and saying, I'm waiting on you. It's done. It's finished. It's been covered by the cross. Everything's there Go get it, amen. Sometimes we need to go get it. Give God a hand clap of praise. We need to go get it. It's there. Yes. Step through it and go. Amen. Let me share uh, this scripture with you. and stare, Bear with me because it's a little bit of scripture. We're going to read a little ways. Uh, but I want to read this story of Lazarus. And I know it's been preached so many different ways. And, and Lord knows that there's so many revelations in it. But I want to share a, a few things with you out of this today. And I'm going to start. And I'm going reading out of the New King James. And I'm going to start at verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already uh, been in the tomb for four days. Now, his friend Lazarus was already dead and he'd been in the tomb for four days. Been in the uh, uh, cave in the tomb dead for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles away and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming she went and met him. But Mary was sitting still in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, she didn't say, oh, Jesus, I love you, I miss you, I'm so glad you're here. Right? She went right to it. Now Martha, as soon as she heard she went, Mary stayed at the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whenever you ask of whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that. He will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. This is just like you and I, okay? We can't see the immediate miracle cuz we're thinking of the pie in the sky. Amen. Well, someday I'll get that mansion. I this is the one I don't like. I'll get my cabin, my old cabin by the by the river. Guess what? I want my mansion. Amen. I'm not going for a cabin. I'm going for a mansion. But guess what? I can have the greatness and goodness of God right here on this earth. I can see the power and the glory of God right here on this earth. She was thinking in the sweet by and by. Okay, Now listen to this. But even now, she says, "What? even now, whatever you ask, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And she said, oh, well, it'll happen in the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Amen. We should be shouting right there. We're never going to die. Amen. Do you believe this? He's asking her, do you really believe this? Here's God, Jesus, calling out her faith. Amen? Amen. He's calling out her faith. Do you believe this? How many times in our situations has God called out our faith and said, do you really believe this? Are you just flapping your gums and say you believe it? Or are you really in faith believing this? That's what Jesus asked her. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Let me tell you something. When she said those words, she showed her faith. She showed her trust in him. She released power when she said those words. That gave Jesus the authority to go ahead and do what God wanted him to do in the time that he wanted him to do it. Verse 28, and when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not uh, yet come into the town, but was in the place that Martha had met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose and quickly went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, You're the greatest. No, she didn't do that. She said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Here it sounds like a repeat, huh? Verse 33, Therefore when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. How many times does God groan in his spirit and is troubled at our unbelief and how much we just don't have the faith that we need uh, in him. Listen to this. So when Mary got there and she did what she said, therefore Jesus, when he said that he wept and he was troubled in his spirit, and he said, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord, come and see. And The next verse we all know, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And I say this, those two words are very powerful because they say a lot. There is crying, there is crocodile tears, but when you say someone wept, That means it's a deep emotional weeping. Jesus was hurt and in pain and had a groaning in his spirit at unbelief. Let me me try to get this across to you because God is really, really pushing this home to me in my life. And I want you to understand this. The only way you can displease God is to have no faith in him. You say, well, if I go out and sin, let me tell you, if you got the right kind of faith, you won't go out and sin. It all comes down to our faith in Him and our trust in Him. Man, you want to make God happy and please God, trust Him. Have faith in Him. And it will move mountains for you because it shows your faith in Him. When you show your faith in Him, it moves in mighty ways. So here he's he's groaning inside and he's weeping. This isn't just a cry. He's weeping. Verse 36. Then the Jews saw it and they said, Oh, didn't he love his friend Lazarus? They didn't understand that he was weeping because of the unbelief. They thought he was weeping because Lazarus had died. And all the while he wasn't weeping for that reason. Now, I don't know about you, i'm just amazed at how we think sometimes and and and, and anyways i'm going to go on i'm not going to go into too much of this but i really feel like here we see things completely different and we're going to talk about that here in a minute verse 37 and some of them said could not this man who opened up the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying we have our doubters with us at all times don't we We have those around us all the time that are doubting and and always putting negative things in our minds to try to get us to a place to where our our really, truly trusting in God is very difficult sometimes. Verse 38, we're almost there. Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb, and it was a cave, and a a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone." Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stink or a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that it, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from that place where the dead man was laying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said this, Father, thank you. That you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Verse 43, now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had been dead came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said to all of them around him, Loose him and let him go. Jesus told them, Man, get that stuff off of him. He's alive. Get that stuff away from him. Get him to where he can walk. Get him where he can go. Now, I, wanna, I want you to just stay with me for a few moments before we go in. I'm going to leave you with four things that I believe will help you. But I want to lay a little bit of groundwork here. I want you to see the moment. I want you to be in the time frame when Lazarus was dying. Here's Lazarus, who is one of the best friends of Jesus. And He's dying they have sent word to his best friend and said, he's dying, we got to have you. And all of a sudden now, we're getting close to the end and Jesus hadn't shown up yet. So can you imagine the conversations that were going on between Martha and Mary and the conversations that were going on between Martha and Mary and Lazarus? Can you imagine the conversations? Can you imagine the doubt and the challenge and the disbelief And the challenge of their faith as Martha and Mary would sit in the kitchen away from uh, their dying brother and say, man, what is going on? Why is Jesus doing this to us? Why is Jesus not showing up right now? We need him right now. It's critical that God show up. Jesus has to show up right now. Where is he? We've called on him. How many have been there in that situation where you're wondering where in the world is he? If he doesn't show up now, this thing's going to explode right in front of us. Where is he? Can you imagine Lazarus as every time they come to his bedside, he asks the question, has Jesus showed up? Where's my friend? I'm getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Man, I feel like I'm I'm starting to pass out more. and I know I'm about at the end of this thing. And obviously the doctors and the physicians have told him, Man, this is the end. It's just a matter of moments. And as they lay there and all of a sudden it comes to the final breath that he takes, can you imagine what went through his mind as he began to take his final breath? Uh, I said this earlier. I have a lot of good friends. I have a lot of good friends that I trust a lot in. But I got news for you. If one of my friends, and I'll use Doc as an example, if Doc had the power to heal me and all he had to do was lay his hands on me and I was on my deathbed dying and he didn't show up when I called to ask him to, I'd probably say a few things on my way out about Doc. <laughs> Amen? Amen? I'd probably have a few things to say and I'd say, Martha, you make sure you tell him that. Yeah. See, we need to get down to the real, what really happens. Real life. Don't yeah. think that there wasn't some kind of something being said. Don't think that the, the unbelief went to the level that, it, that you can't even imagine the unbelief and, and the loss of faith in Jesus. And all of a sudden now we got this thing going on to where he dies and his friend never showed up. And the one that had the answer that could do everything that he needed to do, he didn't show up. So he died and and now we're looking at Jesus in a different light. Man, what's going on? I don't know about you, but I've been in places like that in my life wondering, Lord, if you'd have been here, I wouldn't be going through this. You might as well say amen. You can say oh me if you want. I've been there where I'm saying, Jesus, where are you? What in the world are you thinking? Why in the world have you not shown up in this situation and you continue to let this go on and I die more and more every day through this thing? And all the while, he's right there waiting on my faith, waiting on me to release my faith in him through this bad situation. Let me share four things with you that jump off the page and and the Holy Spirit has given me to share with you today. You know, we have to understand that even in situations like they were in, God is still waiting on us. He's waiting on the kind of faith we need to have to get us through the situation we're facing. Number one, God is waiting on us to understand he sees things differently. You know, we think we see, we think what we see is what we see. And I've always said this, isn't it amazing how you can be with somebody right by your side and something happened and you see it the way you see it and you explain it exactly the way you saw it and the person next to you has another story. Am I right? We can just look at the gospels. If we see the four Gospels, we'll see a story in one Gospel and the next story in the Gospel, it reads a little different. It's been told a little different. That's because that's their way of telling the story. Some people say it contradicts. No, it doesn't contradict. It just glorifies God and shows that human people wrote the Bible the way God wanted them to write it. And here again, I'm standing here today and I'm thinking to myself, man, God, you see things so much differently. And if I could ever have the faith to see things the way you see them. See, God doesn't see the problem. He sees the result. Let me say that again. Some of you need to write this down. (laughs) Stick it right there on your forehead. So every time you look in the mirror, you see that. God does not see the situation. He sees the result. And he wants us to have the faith in our situation to get to the result that he has. So today, I ask you to think about this. When your situation is going on, if Martha and Mary would have had the faith. Now, you know they didn't have this kind of faith because guess what? If they did, they wouldn't have went to Jesus and said, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. They'd have went to Jesus and said, now you're here. We know you'll bring him back to life. Amen? So if they'd have had that kind of faith, they would have went to Jesus and said, they would have been okay. They'd have said, look, he's been in the grave four days, but God, we know, Jesus, we know you, we know what you're going to do. We know you're going to bring him back to life. And guess what? It would have happened. But still, they had to get to a place to say, you are who you say you are. You'll do what you say you're going to do. And again, he waited on them. But we have to understand this. God sees our problem. And he knows it. He, he feels what we feel. But he's not moved by that. He's moved by our faith that will help us get to the result that he's trying to get us to. There was a result. There was a purpose for Jesus to wait as long as he waited. There was a purpose behind the timing of what Jesus was trying to do, and we're going to get to that. The second thing I want you to grab a hold of God is waiting for us to worship while we wait. Let me tell you something. I love the, the, the seven dwarfs when they go to whistle while you work. da <laughs> da du- 쓰- 쓰- infraredisce- <hand polynomials> bearings- doute- <reflection> Yeah. Well, I, was, I watched a little clip of that this week, and I was just whistling. I was doing it, you know, like a little kid. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit wor- said, change the words of that and say, worship while you wait. Mm-hmm. I started saying, oh, worship while you wait. And I started thinking, man, really, honestly, we need to grab a hold of that. Man, you're talking about changing your. <laughs> let, me, let me say this. It may not change your situation immediately, but I'll tell you what it will do. It'll help you in your situation immediately. When you begin to worship while you're waiting in your situation. Man, if you if we could turn on the worship and get worship over worry, and if we could get the praise on over the panic, God will move quicker, faster, because again, I'll say it, it's the gauge. If I can praise during my panic, if I can worship during my worry, God sees my faith through that, and he moves on my behalf and on my situation a whole lot faster because he ain't waiting on me anymore, amen? My faith is where it needs to be. So again, we need to be worshiping while we wait. Number three, God's waiting on us to see He's always right on time. He's always right on time. I don't care who you are in this place. You can go back to some of the most difficult situations in your life, and you know there are times in our lives where we get in situations to where we feel like it's too late. It can't be fixed. There's no way. God blew this one. He didn't see this one. He didn't hear me when I prayed. And and it's just a disaster. It'll never get fixed. But all of a sudden, it all comes out in the wash. And even better than it was before because God took it over. God had it. And God does things right on time. Let me tell you something. There is a revelation in how Jesus and how God handled this situation with Lazarus. Let me tell you something. I'm going to share this with you because this is the miracle of this story, I believe. Go with me. If Jesus would have shown up, let's just change the word a little bit. What if Jesus would have shown up the day before Lazarus died? And he showed up, came into the house. Oh, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, amen, they would have been excited. And there might have been a few family members there in the house or in the room, and they would have been there, and they would have been excited too, and, and Jesus would have walked in, and if Jesus would have done like he normally does, he would have laid his hands on Lazarus, and he would healed him, and Lazarus would have never died. Well, there would have been about six or eight people in the house happy. And there would have been a good witness from those six people. And maybe the word might have got out that Lazarus was really sick and Jesus healed him. But let me tell you, the miracle of this story is, is when Jesus got to the tomb, there was a purpose behind that. God wanted the entire community, he wanted the entire village to be there to see more than just healing somebody from a sickness. God wanted to show off that day and show the power that's beyond any other kind of power to show that God is God. He can do anything. He can even raise the dead, amen, and he wanted to see it. He wanted them to see that he's right on time. It had been too early if Jesus came and healed him. Oh, it would have been nice. God, it would have been nice if you would have stopped and, and took care of my situation before I went through my problem. But now that I've went through my problem and you've came through and you've rescued me and you grew me, and man, people saw the glory of God and it became a witness unto everybody around me. Now I see, God, what you're doing. How many of you understand, revelation-wise, man, God wants to show off in your life. You may say, oh, well, he doesn't do that. Yes, he does. He wants to show off. He wants everybody around you to see his power and his glory living and working in your life. And today, I want you to know and grab a hold of this, he is always right on time. Always right on time. Don't ever doubt that he'll show up right on time. Don't ever doubt that He'll fix your situation right on time because that's what He'll do. The last thing I want to leave with you today is when God doesn't have to wait on us to wait on our faith to get where it needs to be, He will bring life to things that you thought were dead. He will bring things back to life that you thought were even gone away that were dead and gone. God, you you just did not do anything about that. That thing's dead and gone. And let me say this, because we're good at this. We are good at burying things. We're good at covering things up. And I want to say this because it's important to understand about moving moving the stone away from the tomb, because obviously Lazarus couldn't come out if if the stone was there. So I say this to everybody. It's a revelation out of this word, out of this teaching We have got to get to the place to where we have faith in God to know we can roll back that old stone over stuff that we've buried and allow God to get in there and touch it, fix it. There are people who have buried divorces, buried deaths to people that they love and they're close to just so they can survive. There are people who have buried their past and have never went back and let God get in there and fix that thing. They've buried it because it's too ugly. It stinks too bad. And God, you don't want to fool with that. Lord, if, you, if I roll the stone back and let you at that, man, it's going to stink up everything in my life. But you got to understand something. God is truly looking for those who will allow him in so that he can fix what's wrong. I don't know about you, but until we love ourselves, we're going to have trouble... Loving others. I've said this so many times. If we would truly understand how much God loves us, we could love ourselves more because we know who we are in Him, and we know He loves us for for the reasons that He loves us, we could begin to love ourselves. And let me tell you something, you can even love yourself knowing God loves you because of your past, and you can't seem to get past your past, and you're really struggling with that, and you can't love yourself because of what you did in the past. If you'll look at it this way, God loved you enough to forgive you of that past, and He loves you in spite of your past, then you can sit there and say, well, I love myself too then because I know he's forgiven me of my past and I'm okay now, amen? Amen. I can love myself more and then I can begin to love others the way God wants me to love them. And again, this may be a revelation to you, this may be old news to you, but I encourage you to understand that God is in the business of fixing things. Even if it has gone to the extreme that it seems to be dead and buried in your life. I don't know why I'm saying this, but there may be some in here that God has called to a special purpose. But it didn't work out in your time. And it didn't work out in your way. So it's been buried. Not only buried, but you rolled a stone over the top of it. Make sure nobody else touched it and messed with it. And God's saying, no, my timing is perfect. Roll the stone away from that and let me at it and I will do great things. That's the God we serve. He loves to do extravagant things. Somebody said, well, will God do that? Man, that'll draw so much attention. And I'm thinking... (laughs) You don't think God wants attention? That's what it's all about. God loves attention. Scripture tells us he's a jealous God. Man, he wants our affections, our loves, and our honor. He wants us to serve him. He wants us to have a relationship with him. Amen? That's the God we serve. So in this story, we see these things, man. We see that we got to understand that God sees things differently. We got to understand that we need to worship through our worry and worship and praise through our panic. We need to understand that God's always on time. Even though we feel he's late, don't get caught in that. Understand God's right on time. He's going to get the situation taken care of. And if we get to the place of faith that we need to get, man, I want to get there. Trust me, pastor wants to get there to where I have a faith in God that when the storm hits, that nothing phases me, I can honestly go to God and say, Lord, this st- I love saints of God who have been through the storms, have weathered life uh, I love to sit down with those uh, silver-headed people, Christians who have been through so many things and listen to their testimonies of how they went through these things, but that God always showed up and God always fixed their situation. And now as they've experienced those things, the more they grow up in years, the more they trust God because the more they know God. And when trouble comes in, even death may be looking them in the eye. They can sit back with a strong faith and say it. Don't matter if I die God, God's got it, amen. So that's the kind of faith God's looking for. He's waiting on us to have the faith that we need in him to trust him. Just to trust him to step out. God was waiting for the situation. He was waiting for Mary and Martha to go through the things they need to go through to trust him to the point to where they knew that he would do what needed to be done. And again, we have to understand this. Don't forget, sometimes we think we're waiting on God, but he's waiting on us. He's just waiting for that strike of faith. Man, that fuel that he needs to go ahead and take our situation and fix it right before our eyes. That's the God we serve. He's a good God. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. I just wonder by the uplifted hand, how many will raise their hand and say, Pastor, I just need to get get that kind of faith in my life. Amen. All over the place. I'm just going to pray as we close today. Father, I thank you for your word. God, this story alone can be preached so many hundreds of ways. But God, today, your word, your revelation has challenged us to get our faith in the place that it needs to be. Lord, that happens through prayer and through reading of the word and hearing the word. Getting to know you, to where we trust you and have faith in you in all things. Getting close to you and building our relationship with you so that we can trust you even in the darkest place. God, there is so much panic and so much worry and fear in the world today. God, if we truly could just trust you and have the right kind of faith, you wouldn't need to wait on us anymore. You could be moving in a special way in our lives. God, I ask you, Lord, touch every life that's in this place today. God, I ask you, Lord, to encourage every heart that's here today. God, help us to get to that place of faith to where we trust you completely. And that you're no longer waiting on us. Now you're moving and doing great things in our lives. God, I thank you for every person that's here. And I ask you, Lord, to put a special anointing on them and their families. Lord, keep them safe. And as we travel and go our separate ways, God, just be with them. Help them. God, I know, Lord, that you are moving. God, you're calling on your people to come out of that restless place. Some need to just be woke, awakened, Lord, to a new thing. But God, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God, that you're calling for your people to trust you more than we've ever trusted you before. God, I want the power of God moving in a special way. God, not only in my personal life, God, but I want the power of God to be moving in this church to where real power from heaven is changing lives and fixing situations. God, again, I thank you for your word because it makes us strong. God, again, I thank you for your goodness and your kindness. And Lord, again, we just thank you f- that you're here and you've met our need today. And God, you've spoke to us in somehow, some way. God, we can take what you gave us today and we can build on it. Let our faith be strengthened to trust you in all things. God, we thank you for your word again, and we thank you, Lord, for these that have come. God, right now, again, we just thank you for them. We ask for that blessing upon them. And God, again, we just honor you and worship you in every way. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for watching. Please stay connected with us. Visit our website at sanctuarychurchbeachgrove.org in which you can view our latest sermons and give online by using our fast, easy, secure process by going to the Give page and clicking on the Donate button. Like our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram. If you have any prayer requests, please email us at sanctuaryprayarpartners at gmail.com. And remember, at The Sanctuary, you have a safe place.